In a world. In a world. In a world. Where tomorrow's blockbusters reign. And yesterday's classics are forgotten. Three women intend to remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials of the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch older movies and review them from our modern, everyday perspectives. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And today we are talking about High Noon. Uh, that was my tumbleweed sound. Uh, <laughs> that was, there it is. Very loud tumbleweed sounds. Uh, 1952, written by Carl Foreman, based on a story by John W. Cunningham. Because of course. Because of course, everything is based off of something. Directed by Fred Zinneman, starring a lot of people, but mainly Gary Cooper, uh, Grace Kelly, Katie Gerardo, and Lloyd Bridges. I would say that maybe those are the four top. I don't know. We'll see. I agree. Quick synopsis, Tracy go. Whoo-hoo, okay. I thought there I was, was a moment me. there where you thought I was going to say Serena. There was a, there was a pause. <laughs> okay, Western. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cliches, just think of all of them. Um, we have a retiring, like literally in the beginning scene, he's getting married and is retiring from being the sheriff. And news comes to town that his nemesis that he put away from jail is just got out of jail and he's headed to town on the noon train. So he will be in town at high noon. So he wants to, I don't know, kill this guy, catch this guy. Like, I feel like he got out of jail legit, but so he tries to round up his buddies and he wants to get a posse to deputize them so they can get this guy. Uh, But Frank Miller, the bad guy, has his own buddies waiting for him. They're literally waiting at the train station with his gun so they can go back to doing what they're doing. Then his now wife is a Quaker, a nonviolent person is like, no, we just need to leave. You've retired from this life. Let's go. And he's like, I can't leave town until I've killed Frank Miller, which is part of the lyrics of the theme song of this movie. Anyway, then he does exactly as the song says, and he hunts down this guy and kills him and then leaves town. (laughs) Uh, There's other things along the way. There's an ex-girlfriend that kind of plays a big part, you know, some conflict with the, the townsfolk. And the deputy. And we actually have Amy comes back and shows that she ain't so nonviolent. So I, you know, to say you about the women in this movie, but yes. yeah, uh, good. Yeah. Good job. That's basically it. How did we like it? I thought, okay. I thought that I was going to not like it because, you know, old Western, whatever, wasn't usually my steez. Okay. Can I, can I interrupt here? Yes. Okay. I just want to point out that we actually started watching another Western <laughs> and I was the only lucky one that didn't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Serena only watched what, five minutes of it? I threw in the towel after five minutes. I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. And I was thinking to myself, I have to watch this at work tomorrow and I'm not feeling it. Like even the music, I was like, hmm. So I think it's a millennial first that we actually canceled the movie halfway through. Well, that's you watch the whole thing. We're like, we can't even, we can't even make it through to say not to watch this movie. Yeah. I I was like, no, I don't, I don't even want to give an episode to this movie. That's how bad it was. Anyways. So I thought I was not going to 
not to say like, well, this is what I always say. I'm like, I'm always like, oh, I thought I wasn't going to like it. And then I'm like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised with most of our movies. That's how it goes. Um, I liked the music. I liked, yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. I did. I liked it. I, I enjoyed all the actors. Yeah. Uh, I, I will be the first to say I'm not a fan of Westerns and I think I texted it to you, Tracy, before I started, I was hoping that this movie transcends the genre. And I really think it did. Yeah. I think it was more of a drama than a Western, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it felt more like, again, I haven't, I actually think I might like Westerns mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, Good Westerns. But, <laughs> but I didn't think it felt like a Western. I felt like it was just a period piece yeah. where it's like, okay, it's just an old timey town, you know? Every, yep. Everything's in sepia. <laughs> yes. Um, with the exception of, I feel like it did have like classic, like there was one point where one of the th- three bad guys waiting for the main bad guy, they were walking away from camera and all three of them had this amazing cowboy strut. Oh yeah. Like that, the, like, I like, wrote like, down, I wrote down, oh, Sheb has some swagger. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, it almost seemed like, like a, not a parody, but like a sketch of old John Wayne, like somebody making yeah. fun of John Wayne. That's what it yeah. looked like. But I think they were just, that's what they were doing. And then there was a, a couple of other shots, like the, the showdown when they were walking all four in a row down like an empty street. Oh yeah. That was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some really good shots in this movie, Bets. Uh, I have, has, have either of you seen this before? No, no, no I, I haven't. There are some great shots. Like I sent a couple screenshots to you guys that I was like, that doesn't even do it justice, but I can see why this movie won awards. You said it won. It won four and then was nominated for an additional three. Uh, So it won for best actor, best film editing, best music and uh, scoring and best original song. I Mm -hmm. I think those are all well-deserved. I mean this and oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, Tracy, you said you were a little surprised that Gary Cooper won. Yeah. Um, I, cause I wanted to talk about him a little bit because I, I didn't think he was that stereotypical Marshall. I thought he was a little too squishy. Hmm. There was some yes. squish. Yeah. Um, um we'll talk about but, that more, but we'll, uh, but side note, I mean, just a reminder, we, this is our second Gary Cooper movie. Yes. To a point where I could see why he was cast in the other movie that I'm now forgetting the name of. And he did a great job that I feel like, Oh, good job. Yeah. Ball of fire. Um, I thought he was more of a dramatic actor than a Western. I always think of he, Western as an action movie Yeah, and more he, fighting. Yeah. yeah. And he's got the build for it, but his demeanor is just so like awkward, like adorable compared to. Well, Manly. you know, um, uh, one another actor that we all know and love is Jimmy Stewart, and he was a huge Western actor too. I would be interested to see his stuff then. Yeah. yeah. Same with you said Elvis, right? Elvis, I was just gonna say Elvis did too. <laughs> yeah. They all kind of jumped I into think, that genre. I think Gary Cooper brought the drama to what was supposed to be more of a Western. I think he single-handedly brought the, I guess what we're saying, squishiness <laughs> to the party. He was soft for the town. He was soft for the people and it showed and it came out in his, his performance. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you'll, you will talk about it, yeah. but you know, you know, um, I want to give a shout out to some of the other actors because this was just such an all-star cast, um, both people who were mm-hmm. up and coming and people who 
were already known. Obviously, Gary Cooper was kind of, this was maybe a little bit later in his career. Uh, but, and same with Lon Chaney Jr., who I've referenced him before, so we must have seen him in other things, but he's known for the Universal Monster movies. Lee Van Cleef, this was his very first role, and he was one of the three guys that you guys kept getting mixed up with. He was cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I he, couldn't keep, I couldn't keep the names straight. That was my struggle. That's but fair. I mean, otherwise I could keep everything else straight. Mm-hmm. Colonel Potter was in it. Colonel Potter was, he came out of nowhere. Like suddenly like he, cause the first time you see him, it's like a, a split second shot. And I'm like, oh my God, I know that face. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. And then also we of course have Grace Kelly. This is only her second feature film. Is this, have you guys ever known Grace Kelly before this? I don't think so, but her name is so familiar. Yeah. Why do I know her? I know the She's, name. I know the name. That's it. She's an icon. She's she's up there with Audrey Hepburn in terms of known for her glam. She's also she became yeah. Princess of Monaco and retired from acting. Um, well, she but- was stunning, and she 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 put on a good performance, and she's gorgeous. And uh, once again, with the you know the outfits, every the fashion, she really brought all of it to the table. So I could see why she's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. She she really played the damsel in distress without actually being a damsel in distress because she kind of had her own B plot line going, which I appreciated. One other person I want to sh- do a shout out to is Sheb Woolley, who played Ben Miller. He's cute. And he was cute. He okay. First off, he looked like Luke Wilson. I have Luke Wilson written down and then crossed off as a recast for him. Thank you very much. That man was oh my just God. Luke Wilson. But no, um, everybody knows Sheb Woolley or everyone has heard Sheb Woolley's voice because he is the person credited for the Wilhelm scream. No way. Yeah. Yep. The Wil- Wilhelm scream. It, how many movies is it in? Thousands. I don't know. Like it, it kind of became more famous with Star Wars. Star Wars really, I think, was the one that kind of started it off. And then every action movie ever has the scream now. You know that, you know that. That is in every, anytime anybody dies in an action movie, there's that scream somewhere. That's crazy. Okay, so let's jump in to the questions. All right, guys, top of the marquee. What was our favorite parts? Um, Helen Ramirez. Oh, yes. yes. 100%. Everything she did, said, wore everything yes i think my entire note she is just a giant quote of hers yeah yeah she She, was amazing the scene where she kind of told off harvey i was that was the moment where i'm like this her i that was my part i was like i watched i was like oh uh, she just officially became my favorite person because after that she then slaps him across the face that was the moment when he grabbed her and kissed her in a lot of westerns a girl would be like you know turn at that moment and be Absolutely. like head over heels and she didn't and i loved it i loved it yep she subverted she was, the trope on that and i loved yeah. it yeah and i also think she had she she had this beauty about her yeah that was just so Rare. non-traditional yeah. yeah i don't know why maybe you guys can clarify but she gave me um the woman matahari vibes her look oh okay and her yeah. demeanor, for some reason, gave me way back to the beginning. Vibes. I like it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it was her face or her the non-traditional beauty mm-hmm. or just her her attitude in general. But I was going to say, it may have she, been like her poise and her presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she held herself 
um, shoulders back and, and confident, but not like full of herself, but very like calm. She like maintained, I noticed there wasn't too much breaking down and crying. There tends to be a lot of that with the female actresses and there wasn't a lot of that. At first I thought she was a lady of the night. I thought she was a madam. And, and I don't know if I missed them saying what she did. Cause she had, she like She's rented a, a room owner. at the hotel. She's a saloon. She specifically, she owns the saloon. It was yeah. called Ramirez saloon. Yeah. Yeah. She's a businesswoman. Yeah. Yeah. And but I think, yeah. And damn. I think her, her relationship with, with Harvey was just a relationship with Harvey. It wasn't because I was really expecting the same thing that she was like, you know, he was visiting her and you yeah. know, she was getting yeah. paid for it. <laughs> I wanted to say she was in I don't mean this in a negative way towards either of them. And she was the absolute, absolute opposite of Amy. She was the dark hair, the dark dress. And then you see, there's even a picture I sent you guys with Amy with her blonde hair and her white dress. It was like the contrast between the two of them, not to say one was better than the other, but I mean, there really was like, they were just even like the symbol. Yeah. That seemed very purposeful, both good and bad. And they even like to a point where they could have pitted them against each other where they kind of did because this is the the ex-girlfriend of not only this woman's husband, but of the bad guy. Oh, yeah. And no, this woman was like, gave her advice and, and Amy went to talk to her for advice and to talk. Then when you saw them like leave together, they were had like this, this like connection. Yeah, this yeah. friendship or whatever yeah. that they were like. They bonded. Yeah, women sticking up for women or whatever it was. And she gave her advice to be like, if he was my man and he's not, I would go get a gun and help him. Yep. That was another trope that was subverted. I loved that. They kind of, they yeah. stuck to each other. They didn't, they didn't necessarily like each other, but they understood each other and they were helping each other in that situation because they had nobody else. Absolutely. I really and, loved and that. It's because they're either women are either enemies or friends. There's yeah. never like in this in between. And these people that it was the perfect example of in between. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, so was, did you only have one favorite part? You know what? Yep. I'm sticking with it. There's other Woo! things that I, I liked, but we can talk about, but yeah, you have a solid was, good on you. It. I don't think yep. you've ever had one, one favorite part. She's usually like, well, my, my third runner up for my favorite part. <laughs> Listen, uh, Serena, what was your favorite part? So I enjoyed a lot of different things in the movie. Some things we've already discussed, but one of my favorite scenes, and I know maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm reading into this a little bit deep, but the end after all said and done, nobody in the town came to his rescue. He fought, he literally was ready to put his life on the line for this town and nobody would step up. And he finally, after it was all said and done, and he took these MFs out as, you know, one by one, picked them off and survived it. And he had his woman, he threw his sheriff badge star down to the ground. It was like, basically like his way of saying, you know what? Forget this place. None of you stood by me. I literally fought for this town, built, helped build this town up and no one came to his, his rescue. So he basically that, that scene where he just kind of tosses the star down and he's like, well, I don't need this anymore. And then he just walks off the, you know, walks it out. Was, it was, it was the talk. ultimate F you. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know if it was an F you because it was more of a, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what it, it was. was kind of like, like a mic, like a mic drop. It was a mic drop and but, he was out. But I was reading into it more as just, wow, these people really, all that he's done for the town. And 
and they're not a single and even his good fr- close friends not a single one would put their lives on the line for him kind of messed up serena i agree the mic drop at the end he was that was he was done and he was out yeah. of there like he was the run second off. the firing ended the kid was like okay here's your wagon <laughs> It was, it was, it was just a, his final, like his, uh, his loose string that he needed to like, oh, maybe that's what, uh, Helen meant. Like, if you don't understand, I can't explain it to you. Maybe this was just his last thing he needed to, to close. Maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe. Well, and also, I think I mentioned this before the podcast. I think there's also something to be said that there's an assumption that, you know, in Westerns, there's a good guy and a bad guy, a very clear black and white, good guy and bad guy. And all in this case, all you have to set here is Frank Miller was a bad guy. And then you're supposed to just fill in all the blanks automatically. Right, right. But I was definitely trying to make it more complicated. I was like, oh, he killed his first wife. That's why he has a vendetta against him. But it was like, no, he's just a bad guy. Yeah. And I think he proved it by immediately coming to town, getting his gun at the, like the, on the platform off of the train, gunned up. <laughs> it was like, Let's go find Kane. No, no, no. Uh-huh. He he came off the train. They, they took him. off. They took off his coat and literally wrapped the gun around his waist like it was some ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And best part was this all happened. He was facing away from camera, and it wasn't until Helen got there and looked at him that we ever saw Frank's face. Yep, beautiful. Yep, that was beautiful. Really good. That was really good. I'm with you. On I that. did notice that. Yeah, this that that adds to the cinematography. Like another one of the crazy things. They that one close up scene with the three men. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, okay. Going off of that, Serena. Yeah. Good point. Was I, more than one of them. No, there was a bunch. I every time the three men, and then at the end when it was the four bad guys, mm-hmm. they met their mark every time because every time they were on film you could see every single one of their faces like it beautifully in shot. Yeah. I, sorry that I, I agree with you. That reminds me of a trivia I saw on IMDb and I didn't check to see if this is true. You are allowed to count the bullets in this movie. No No way. way. Oh my God. Yep. That is hilarious. Very good about it. All right. Well, my favorite part (laughs) was the fact that this was real time. More yes, or less. I there was like yes. a little bit of cheating there, but I, I don't know what it is, but whenever a movie is real time, it yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. I don't know what it is because it's such, it, it just automatically sets the pace for the movie. You don't have to worry about the pacing because you know that there's a, a clock happening. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just always love that. Well, also cause high noon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they think noon. they, they made a point of showing Clocks. clocks every once in a while so they they you knew exactly what time it was to a point where i because i watched it today and you texted me and you're like if you start this movie at 10 50 yeah. it will be noon at noon yeah and i tried so hard but i was a half hour behind but I, it was exactly a half hour behind there we go all right guys everyone ready for our wheel of questions oh yeah Uh, All right. So this week we landed on the recast. This is where we are going to cast this movie with modern actors, Serena. So, (laughs) (laughs) so not ones that are dead, not ones from the eighties. Got it. All right. I'm going to go first because I already said my first person. So we're just going to ride it out. So Ben Miller is obviously Luke Wilson. 
Um, for Harvey, I put Sam Claflin. Amy, I put as Mackenzie Davis. For Kane, I put Oliver Jackson Cohen. Oliver Jackson. Oh, what's his last name? Yes. Oliver Betsy, Jackson Cohen. I am loving your cast so far. Are you ready for Helen? Yeah. Stephanie Beatrice. I had her. Yes. Yes. Good job. Stephanie. I thought she was saying Ephany. All right. That's my casting. What does okay. everyone else Great have? Cast. Serena, you go Can next. Go? Okay. The pressure's on, baby. All right. I want to just start with who I casted for Harvey. Shout out to Lincoln Sudbury for Chris Evans. Okay. <laughs> Chris Evans, I almost put as Kane. And it's because I got insane Captain America vibes from Kane. Yeah. So oh, we're going to, yeah. I'll it's, talk about yeah. it more. I have it on a later section, but just, I almost had the way he hold, holds himself. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're all on the same page, the right page that is. So for Ben Miller, Bradley Cooper, uh, for Helen, Salma Hayek, for Amy, right out of the gate. And I don't know why, maybe it's because I was watching that other show, but Nicole Kidman, how do we feel about this? Nobody okay, said a single if you're, word. If you're going older than fine. I'm just now curious who Cooper is. Okay. Cooper. Yeah, that's is... really what it comes. Like I'm wait, like waiting to right. like judge yeah. until I had know who Kane is. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Cause that really, that's why I'm saving the best for last Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not talking, I'm talking like a little like men in black. Now we're going back in time a little bit, but men in black a little bit. So you saw like Tommy Lee Jones, volcano, volcano era. It's just a completely different movie than what Tracy and I cast. <laughs> I love right. it. Good job, right. Serena. Let's, let's just do an, an honorable mention. You were really excited about who you cast as Frank Miller. Ray Liotta. Yes, that is, <laughs> that's a good casting. That is a good casting. Ray Liotta face. It's a face. Ray Liotta is just a good bad guy. He is. He's the best bad guy. Okay. So Kane, I, I casted younger. So Kane, I have as Taryn Edgerton. Then I have Harvey as Noah Reed from Schitt's Creek. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think he could. I know we know him as a sweetheart, but I think he could start as a sweetheart and then kind of be an asshole. Um, so Amy, I have. Emil Clark, Amelia, sorry, Amelia Clark. And then for Helen, I have Dasha Polanco. Oh. She plays um, in Orange is the New Black. Yep, I like it. And then I just, I, I have to give a shout out to the creepy hotel guy. Oh my God. I was waiting I wrote, for him to like that is murder, a no, I wrote, rape and pillage. Ew, I was the hotel for, manager for, is creepy. That's what I wrote down. We have the same notes and we are how many miles apart? creepy hotel guy yeah and then i cast him as adam driver <laughs> I, he was doing the creepy i'm gonna kill you when you fall asleep whistle yeah it was right um good job yeah i i approve of all those all right that was a good round guys Woo! we Great all had job. answers we all had good answers we all had complete answers that's all i asked for in this question all right wait a minute how has this movie influenced or been influenced by other movies? Wait a minute. <laughs> Thank you. I apologize. I didn't wait for that. Um, I'm liking this question less and less, though I do have an answer of sorts. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to what I said before, which is I got insane Captain America vibes from Kane. 
it made me look at Captain America and be like, wow, this, it, it feels like a Western a little bit because it's that classic good guy. And, and he's end, doing it just because to be good compared to a vendetta of any sort. Right. And the idea that he sticks to his guns, even though everyone else abandons him. And to the point where at the end of High Noon, I was expecting a moment like at the end of Endgame when everyone, like he was all alone standing on the battlefield and then like everyone everyone came and backed him up. I was oh. actually expecting that from the townspeople and that didn't happen, but it was because I was comparing it to Captain America so much at that point. So that was my, that was really the only, the only influence I could, think of aside from the fact that this is just it's a western it was dealing with the tropes it was subverting the tropes in some instances but it's western yeah so the thing all i could think of and i don't think it necessarily means that it was influenced by this movie more of just the genre was westworld yes serena also has written in her notes (laughs) um you have that classic good guy bad guy So yeah, you just have that, like, this is what you're supposed to do in a Western and you have those tropes. All right. Serena, did you have anything written down for this one? Just Westworld. Um, and literally I just, I was putting the pieces together now. I'm like, what is it that it reminds me of? And it's, it's the tropes of the Western, Mm -hmm. which I know we just said, but you know, so I don't know if I I had, um, follow-up questions for this, for this movie, which I was going to put in the notes roundup, but this might be the right place for it because we're talking about gen- general Westerns. What defines a Western and why don't we have Westerns anymore? Oh my gosh, that's right. Do we not have Westerns anymore? Not in their pure form. What I think of a Western is I think of, what is it called? Like a one, one some, man army? No, a one, one horse town or something or like yeah, yeah, yeah. a one horse town, a saloon you know, um, gunfights in the middle of the street, that kind of thing. Cowboy hats. There's a sheriff or like a law. And then there's, yeah, that kind of thing. Cowboys. There's always like a brothel or something like that. That's what I think of. The reason I don't think they're around anymore. And I'm stealing this answer from, from a video. I actually just watched things are inherently problematic because things were very like this was winning the West. This was taking over land of the Native Americans. And even our good guys were not good guys. So right. they were, I think nowadays we we notice these problems. So in order to tell this and set it in the right time frame, you know, I don't know. That's that's what I think. Maybe I, I could be wrong. No, that's a good, that's a good answer. I didn't think of that where our definition of good has changed. We have different expectations for our heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reality is we, it's not that we don't have any Westerns and we do have Westworld, but it has that sci-fi. I feel like using sci-fi fixes the problems because it's a Western in the future. Yeah. Where you have those tropes, where we set them in the future, where we can change the things that we don't like about society or give them today problems that we can deal with. That was kind of how I was taking, how I was answering this question was we still have the classic good and evil, but we've shifted it to a different genre, which is the superhero genre or even the apocalypse genre. I feel like almost the apocalypse genre fits it a little bit better because you do have that level of lawlessness of, you know, closed off societies and they're all trying to deal with their own 
process of good and evil. Yes, absolutely. That the, as soon as you said that, I was like, it was the lawlessness of it where yeah. these towns really had no one except themselves to, to feed, to entertain, to protect all of the above. Mm-hmm. They only had themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to be said that that this is a rare genre where location is just as important. You cannot have a Western not in the, in the U S West. Right. Like, and it's, it's a, it's a location and it's a Western was a, a, a period of time. Are they all in Montana? I don't know. I feel like that's where the Westerns would have been filmed. (laughs) Right. Well, a lot, well, fun fact, some of the Westerns were filmed in Italy those wow. are called spaghetti westerns oh my god oh <laughs> my god betsy you know how long like it, it was right now that i realized why they were called spaghetti westerns oh my god um i i want to give you the official definition of spaghetti western because there is a slightly difference to what i was saying no it was is cemented in my brain forever that's it it's that's fine it's fine right um it's a broad subgenre of western films produced in europe that emerged in the 60s the term was used by American critics and those in other countries because most of those Westerns were produced and directed by Italians. I, yeah, I- That's basically what you said. Yeah, I always, I, I knew it was a, a type of Western and I never understood what the type was because I didn't know, like, I was like, is there a theme? Like, I don't understand what's connecting them. Why? So good job. There you go. Fun fact. That was my fun fact of the day for you guys. <laughs> All right, ladies, please remove your hats and silence your cell phones. How does this film hold up? I think it does. I I think it does. I think it does as well. Again, because I think it transcends that Western. Yes. It, it felt like a drama. Honestly, it's all about the women for me. I yep. don't know why. I think they were very strong. Even Amy, who was a little bit minimal, mm. but Helen just blew it out of the park. Yeah, she mm. was good. I will say this. The plot was, it held up, but had there been different actors and actresses, this could have been a flop. Yeah. It's the, it's the people, it's the, it's the cast that they had in there that made it. Yes, I agree. And I think the same can be said for the director, for the writer. I think every, the cinematographer, every aspect of this, they just had strong talent across the board Mm -hmm. and it made it really solid. Yeah. It's kind of rare for me to notice the cinematography and there's been a few films where we're teaching you Serena. No, because like the scenes, like even, even the way the camera hits the three bad guys up close, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it was effective. I got it was effective. And honestly, it was, it was the guy behind the, or the person behind the camera. Yeah. It was everything. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan. I'd watch it again. All right, guys. Notes roundup. What do you got? Let's talk about the music real quick. Oh yeah. The music was like the theme, the opening song. I was just like, oh, okay. Like I didn't expect it. And it was a running theme throughout and it basically told the story and it, it was great. You know what Um, it reminded me of? Cat Baloo. <laughs> I literally was just thinking that I was like, what is that one? Oh, Cat Baloo. Oh, I wonder if I wonder if that was from a take this. on this. Yeah. yeah. I, I would I would bet it was. Mm. Um, but even like there the music was so influential in your emotions and everything that was going on. I definitely thought of um a silent movie. Yeah. Where yeah. it could be driven by limited dialogue, but with this 
this music going through and at the end it tells you how to feel and at the end when it was just basically the shootout there was no dialogue no dialogue and it was i mean mean, it was sound of music yeah it was music (laughs) and i could see why it won for the music agreed i think those are all my notes guys all right guys the martini shot clink would you recommend this movie i yes i would Definitely yes for me, 110%. It actually changed my whole view of Westerns. Well, okay, yes, I'm a, I'm a solid yes too. Serena, don't use this as a basis for Westerns because you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> oh, so this was like the top of the notch, top notch, and this everything is in, else this is garb. Is, this is regularly in like top 100 movies of all time lists. Really? Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, I actually, I know you say that not to get our hopes up, but I, it actually gives me hope for the genre. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like it's dipped my toes in. So maybe I could now watch. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can find more great episodes over on our website, www.millennialsofthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Curious about updates, extras from our episodes, or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie? We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. Check us out and make sure to follow us. So until next time, we're millennials and we'll see you at the movie house.